Hello there, you're about to experience the What's Up Church podcast. Can a dude get some Holy Spirit? What's up, church? What is up, church? Today we have an amazing podcast episode. What do you want to call it? We're at Campland here in San Diego, right? If you can believe that. For people that don't know what Campland is, don't worry about it. It's a land of camping near the bay in San Diego. And the old church, my old church, Heart Church and uh, Escondido, they come down here every year with their entire, a huge chunk of their church yep. community. A very like shockingly large amount of their church. Oh, probably about eighty percent of our congregation show. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. That's like an unbelievable thing to say about a community that that have that much buy-in to come and spend their weekend with everyone together. That is a rare culture, um, a rare soil. And if you didn't recognize that voice, that's because that's Adam Ochoa. Uh, if you've listened to this podcast, you know Adam Ochoa is one of the huge integral parts of my walk as my life group leader when I came back into the faith. Um, he was my life group leader. He's the one that reluctantly said I should meet his cousin. The horrible idea of meeting his cousin who ended up being my wife. And then I'm also in the presence of his father, my tío. I've said several times on the podcast that I mispronounce tío in Spanish every single time. At this point in time, I don't know if I can say it properly. Because why, why correct it? Right. I'm too far down the, the road to say T.O. properly. <laughs> but, Cesar, hello. Say hello. Hey, good afternoon. All good right. to be here. Thank you for having us. No, no. This is I a blessing it. to me. Um, yeah. For those of you who don't know, these are two men who have played an integral part of my faith, my walk, um, both in life group, leadership, mentorship, speaking over me, words. Just, I cannot love these two men more. They are just amazing men. But we figured we're in camp land. We're all together. Let's make hay while the sun shines. Let's have a conversation. And luckily, Cesar is never without a fantastic word or conversation point. He is, if you don't, if you don't know him, which you probably don't, but if you do, you do. He'll give you random emails, (laughs) random foods of thought, Mm -hmm. random stuff to give you, like always probing and searching for things to talk about that inspire conversation, but more importantly, inspire a deeper look into the word, a deeper dive into the scriptures to see what ideas and concept, concepts are. And today he's got a doozy. So I'm going to be much more of a spectator on this episode, which is nice. All the heavy lifting is off. It's now on Adam and Cesar. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Mostly Cesar. We're, 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 we're going to see how it goes. But so Cesar, I want you to start off and introduce what we're going to be talking about and why, and then we're going to get into it. Okay. Let me begin by telling you why. Mm-hmm. I, I am huge on studying the scripture and interpreting the scripture in the context that it was written and how it was intended. Mm-hmm. My concern that for way too long, we will get scripture and we will read into it, bringing it out of the context that it was written by. Mm-hmm. And that's always been a concern of mine. I, I really have a real hard time with that. Uh, and, and, and today we use a lot of terminologies, you know, that, that, uh, uh, I, I, I think that it's, it's a disjustice. I think we really need to, uh, buckle down. We need to study the word of God. And when we use scripture, like for instance, uh, uh, binding and loosening, which is not the topic today, but I'm just giving an example why I have such a burden for this. Mm-hmm. We use binding and loosing as if it means binding the devil, but think that I bind you in the name of Jesus, you know, and then we loosen the anointing and we loosen the finances from the east or the west. Mm-hmm. Well, 
that's fine. And I think we do it because we're, we're a bunch of nice people that mean nice things to people. But the fact of the matter is that scripture has nothing to do with the way we use it. Mm-hmm. My concern is that if nobody corrects it, or at least challenges to look at it in a, in a different light, we will continue to be teaching others that binding and loosening means binding the devil and loosening finances or loosening blessings and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. But when you look at the scripture and you find out what binding and loosening really means, which is a legal term in Hebrew, by the way, and it has to do what teachers are going to go out. I mean, James and, and Peter, they all did the same thing. They all did that in, in the 15th chapter of Acts. You know, they determined what was going to work for the for the uh, Gentile converts when they came into the faith. The Judaizers said they had to be uh, converted into in, into the Mosaic Law. Paul, on the other hand, and Peter were saying, oh, no, they don't. They received the Holy Spirit the way we did. And so my concern is that instead of using it in its proper contents, we're using it to our advantage. And most of the time that we used these scriptures out of contents, it's self-serving. Okay. It's self-serving. Today, what I want to talk to you guys about is what, it was just another popular uh, subject, by the way, is what does the New Covenant have to say and what does it teach on generational curses? Okay, so just so people know, explain what a generational curse is, according to your understanding. What is labeled as a generational curse is primarily based on the teaching that those within the, and and the people from the deliverance ministry, they're real big on, on teaching that people can inherit misfortune. And they inherit misfortune because they believe that they receive from their ancestors tendencies and weaknesses towards specific types of groups of sin. In other words, if if, uh, if somebody was was an alcoholic, well, then I got no choice. I got that generation of curse in my life. Chances are I, I'm going to be an alcoholic, and so is my so are my children. And, and so when people go and do something like this and fulfill what the parents used to do, then we call that a generation of curse. And therefore, those within the deliverance ministry feel that once that they identify it, they need, it, it needs to be cast out. But there's much more to it, which I'll explain in a minute here. So the question is, is is that correct? Is this what we really, uh, is that what the Bible really intended and meant by generational curses? So so you're saying the current understanding of a generational curse, well, let's use alcoholism as an example. Sure. Like your dad's an alcoholic, you're an alcoholic, your kids are going to be alcoholics. Mm-hmm. Now, are we, are you saying, are you coming from this from a nature or a nurture perspective? Well, I'm more more in the nature. Okay, so you're saying the nature of alcoholism is in your family. Yeah. That's the generational curse. Yeah, and so and so because you if you become just that, then they have a, they labeled it a generational curse. Mm-hmm. My problem, the problem that I'm having with this idea is that a generational curse was intended a certain way for a specific people, and what we have done, we have now read into it to make it mean anything else. And so now we're making a lot of money by, by maybe I shouldn't say this, but hey, there's a lot of books out there. People are making great money in teaching us something that's not even biblical. Okay. All right? Okay. Uh, I guess I don't have to name any names, but I think most people would understand. You go to a Christian bookstore, and you can find many books on generational curses, mm-hmm. and you're going to find out that in most case scenarios, most of them have nothing to do with uh, Exodus chapter 20, verse 5, okay. okay, which is where we get the, the idea. The concept of generational curses comes from Yahweh's Ten Commandments, which mm-hmm. is the second commandment, which reads, it says, you shall not make for yourselves any graven images 
or any likeness of anything that is in heaven and above, or that is on earth or beneath the earth. You shall not bow yourself down to them or serve them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and the fourth generation of those who hate me. Now, that's that's in Exodus chapter 20, excuse me, verses 46, right? Mm-hmm. Um let me let me just say for those that those that are taking notes, and it would be good that you do, because I'm going to give you three more verses. I'm not going to read them, but it's Exodus 34, okay, verses six and seven, right? Look, I have it here. Uh, Numbers um, uh, chapter 14, verse 17, and then the other one, uh, what is it, 17 to 19, and the last one was Deuteronomy chapter five, verses eight through 11. So, so don't just read, don't just hear what I'm saying. Read those scriptures. Get a full idea in the context that this scripture was given, uh, if that's okay. So there are people, there are those that teach that they see generation accursed as being caused by an evil spirit. Mm-hmm. Okay. Others teach what well, it's from God. Either way, it, it is an evil spirit who has the power to harass the descendants of any particular person who was prone to certain sins. Yet others, depending what book and what author you read, still others see it as a general spiritual inheritance. That's why I said in nature, mm-hmm. right? Um, I believe, and I'm going to start begin with this. Uh, my take on this is the generation of curses. Are you ready for this? Are you ready? Generation of curses is not a topic in the new covenant. You won't find any generation of curse teaching from any of the apostles. So that in itself should make any believer question why people today and ministers are talking about it. Mm-hmm. It's not taught nowhere from Matthew all the way to our book of Revelation. Okay. It was not an issue. I, I follow you. Mm-hmm. You hear what I'm saying? Yep. All right. Um, I want you to think about this. The Apostle Paul is writing to the new believers, brand new believers in Corinth, mm-hmm. right? You guys know that. Uh, what other city? Ephesus, Rome, Philippi. Okay. Philippi. Philippines. I can never say it right. Oh my God. Colossians. <laughs> Philippenses. Okay. Hey, somebody out there with Spanish is Philippenses. Anyway. Um, these are places, if you remember, when you read the Word of God, where many gods were worshipped. Mm-hmm. Many gods and idols, which are false, are false gods, they were worshipped. That means that the people that Paul was talking to, their parents, and their parents' parents going, who knows how far back, also worshipped idols. If generational curses was uh, was irrelevant, was... Uh, 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 applicable in the New Covenant or New New Testament for those uh, believers, then these believers in these cities needed would have to know the dangers of generational curses, and therefore Paul and the apostles would have addressed it. Mm-hmm. Would you agree? Yeah, yeah, makes sense. All right. he, he would, he would. Uh, why? Because then he would have to deliver them from it. Mm-hmm. Is that what? That's what Paul. And, okay. That's what they did. Now, the apostles then not only would have addressed it by saying, but they would have written about it. 
We know what's amazing about that. We will find it throughout the new covenant. Gentlemen, in the new covenant, we would find it throughout the new covenant. We would find, I'm telling you, but can I tell you something? There is no mention of any of this in any of the epistles. None whatsoever. If it's such an important topic. Is it such an important topic or is it? Right, let me let me go ahead and just put a pause here. Sure. It seems like we're in a fork in the road. All right. So from what I'm hearing, and correct me if I'm wrong, <clears throat> you don't think there are current generational curses as according to scripture. Based on the scripture contents, no, there is not. So that so you're saying that there is no such thing as what we are seeing in a lot of uh ministries that address generational curses, because I'm I'm familiar with those. Mm-hmm. Um you're saying that scripturally since Matthew. There has not been any talk of generational not curses. Not one time. So since Jesus, the generational yeah. curses have been broken. Right. Or almost which, a non Which will be covered in just a little bit. That's exactly right. Okay. You're right. Yeah, you're, you're right on track as far as what I'm trying to get across to you guys. Okay. Or to your audience. Uh, the answer All is yes. seven of you guys, write notes. <laughs> Take notes down, you, you group. We're going to be in the coffee shop later. <laughs> uh, well, 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 you're going to have more listeners after this, okay? Right, well, I'm just messing with you. We'll see. Yeah. So in those those who are under, listen, let me, let me tell you something. Those that are under a generation of curse, it is argued, it is mm-hmm. said, are prone to committing certain types of sinful behavior. Solutions to this type of penalty includes having someone involved in the deliverance ministry discern that and what that exact curse is, the person possesses, And with this information, the individual can now specifically renounce the curses that's against them. That's that's the theory. That's the teaching. If If it is believed that the cause of an actual evil spirit, the deliverance ministry will then, at that point, will try to cast it out. Mm Mm-hmm. I went, I went to a meeting one time, and in fact, my brother Jorge, who you had at your, at your podcast here, mm-hmm. that he went to a meeting telling the people that they needed to get delivered from all these demon oppressive spirits in their life and generational curses, and had them come up to the altar, and they're all puking in plastic bags to get rid of the demons. Mm-hmm. And it happened right here in San Diego at the Hotel El Cortez. Now, my point is, huh. you see the extreme that it can go? Sure. Yeah. And, 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 and so if that's not biblical, why are we doing that? Why are people so gullible? We don't, why? Because we don't study the Word of God. We go by what everybody else is saying, and we're not going back to the Scripture where it says, show, study and show yourself to prove unto God. As a what? A workman or a student that knows how to rightfully divide the Word of God. And when you do so, oh, I love this. I'm telling you, I love this. That you may know the good and perfect will of God. Mm-hmm. Barfield on banks that's a born-again Christian to get rid of demons is not the perfect will of God. So here's my question for you. Sure. So say there is, uh, let's go ahead and just like assume the generational curses, according to your definition, are not relevant. Do you still see people who have been, like we, again, our community where we're at in Texas, the power of words, you know what I mean? Speaking life and death over people. Sure. People speak curses over themselves, others, all the time. Okay. Who, who, where do you get the notion of curses? 
Just because somebody believes a certain way about themselves, they're speaking against the goodness of God in their own life, but it doesn't make it a curse. We call it curses, but where does Scripture to say they speak a curse? I guess let's, let's define what a curse is. Okay. Maybe that's where we need to back okay. it up for a second. Let's use New Testament curse, okay? You're... Let's use the New Testament curse. Okay. We are in the New Testament days. We're under the blood of Jesus Christ. We are in covenant through the, through the blood of mm-hmm. Christ with Yahweh. Mm-hmm. So that's right. Let's use, let's find, define curse from a New Testament, a New Covenant perspective. Perfect. What is it? There isn't any. Okay. So there's no, <laughs> no curses right. in the New Testament. I mean, we, there's consequences to sin. Mm-hmm. There's consequences for my stupidity. And if my sons, I, here's what I tell people. And if anybody does any alcohol drinking, mm, take this and run with it and do whatever you want. If a parent drinks alcohol, and there's nothing wrong because they don't get drunk, the sin is not to drink in the indulgence of alcohol. The sin is once we start getting, uh, your judgment begins to get paired. Sure. You, you get high. Mm-hmm. And if you live in a, in a home where your children see that, well, that's the norm. That's mm-hmm. what we do. That's what my family does. They have a glass of wine. They have a whatever, and it's okay. But who's to say that you set a standard to your children, and when they become teenagers and they start drinking, then you get mad at them like they're doing something wrong? Mm-hmm. Well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. It started with you. So that goes back so, to the nature. So my the nature. So my sin is not the indulgence, but that I start getting high, and my children sees that. And if I don't say anything is wrong, why should he or she? Uh-huh. And so we transfer that behavior, not curse. We transfer that behavior onto our kids. Okay. It's by nature. It's it, it the, the sins of the fathers do roll over to the to the kids that want to practice it. It comes down to choice. Okay, not that they can't help it. It's a curse, and I have to do this because my daddy did it, and my grandpappy, and so on and so forth. My tío, my tía, my nana, they all did this, so I got no choice. So I got to do this. And then though they get born again, and they still struggle with it. And they now now they they're concerned because maybe it is a generational curse. After all, I've been born again for four years, but I'm still struggling with these thoughts. Mm-hmm. Is that a curse? Absolutely not. What it comes down to is one thing. This is what I have learned in the scripture. Okay, it's the lack of surrender. When I surrender, see, we always pray the prayer of repentance. Jesus mm-hmm. coming to my life. I when I lead people to Christ, I pray the prayer of surrender. I'm going to commit myself to surrender my faculties, my mind, my heart. And all things that pertain to the kingdom, to my life, I'm going to surrender it to you. The prayer of surrender. I make a commitment to surrender. Even my thought pattern, mm-hmm. which is teshuva, which is, I mentioned that in a little bit, which is the Hebrew word and the, and the, and, and the, and the, um, uh, the root word means to change the way you think. Mm-hmm. I said, I'm not going to drink anymore. And they are repented. A week later, two weeks later, you're, you're struggling with it again. Why? Because as long as you don't change your thinking, you will never change your conduct. You sure. will never change your behavior. Mm-hmm. Five years from now, you're going to be doing the same thing if you don't work on the Word of God that says, fill your mind with the Word of God. Mm-hmm. Do not conform to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of the mind. Yeah, Romans 12 too. Absolutely. Pretty much everyone. So, but again, that goes back to the... The term is if they weren't saying the term generational curse mm-hmm. and they were saying something along of my family struggles with, mm-hmm. 
would that change your perspective on it? And granted, I, I, I've never heard of someone saying go up to a group and start puking. That, yeah. that seems extreme. I, don't, I haven't seen it personally, but that sounds extreme. Um, <clears throat> but I do know that there are families that struggle with... Sure they do. Struggles. Let's yeah. just call them struggles. Uh-huh. Now, are, is it bold to say these are curses? I mean, that's a, that's, that's, here's the, the whole point of the, the podcast. Are, are we calling something a curse when it's a lack of surrender, when it's a lack of true renewing of the mind? Call it as it is. It's a lack of surrender, if, that, if that's what it is. I just got through last Sunday. I just got through talking to a couple. And the young lady that, uh, uh, is, is telling me that her great her grandmother suffered from that anorexia, mm-hmm. you know, an eating disorder. Her mom suffered, and she goes, and I have been struck with that. Mm-hmm. I've been struck. Her words, I've been struck with that curse. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so and so, th- what they're thinking is that the experience somehow overwrites the scripture. Mm-hmm. Well, experience is not the greatest thing to base your faith on. <laughs> no. It's the scripture that we base. And if the scripture doesn't say there's such a thing, there's no reason why I should, just because of my experience. And this is what I was trying to explain to her. And I'll get a little bit more into this. Okay. Is that okay? Can I go on here? Hold on, Adam. Uh, I mean, in this example, it sounds a lot like learned behavior and being able to say, like, this is a generational curse. Uh, it sounds like it's a way of... Um, sidestepping responsibility that's how i received a lot yeah so if you didn't hear what he said because adam's a he's a he's a meek man over here just whispering sweet nothings in my ear um it's a saying saying generational curse is a polite way of saying accountability is not mine right this is i was this was unavoidable yeah, this Mind. is some mystical, magical it's, thing. It's, I have no there's responsibility. A, there's for a her. magic halo over my family. And unless God does something about exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. nothing I can do I can't be it. delivered because this is generational. Very good. Right. And, and, I, so I, I, and I go back to you. I think learned behaviors get convoluted very fast with generational curses. I hate to say I'm on the fence of this because I understand what you're saying this, but I, I do believe there are curses I, I do believe you there are there are spirits that can Im- impact someone's life right i won't call it a curse let's go let's remove the term curse and say but you know there is the spiritual warfare it totally a spiritual Th- there warfare. are things that can exist that. and I, I think the i think the confusion is a lack of discernment on what is what and we're very quick to throw very everything into the bathwater with the baby i think a lot of it is terminology that's what i think that's what i think i think mm-hmm. verbiage means a lot mm-hmm what you what you call something, how you identify something, is, is very important, mm-hmm. and words matter. And so, if you call everything a curse, it, I think it, again it goes to the supernatural and it evokes a, I'm cursed. Well, it also, <laughs> since we're talking about family, right? It, mm-hmm. It's also a way of protecting your family. Sure. Right. Instead of instead of just saying, you know, my mom or my dad, you know, they kind of screwed up in this area and they never took responsibility, you know. The, you can just say it's just this thing that that hovers over us, it, right? And, and by only by God's you know grace will He right. rescue us, us, yes, right? Instead yes. of just saying my familia, yeah. Um, <laughs> but, but that it's our lot in life. It's it, but you but you get that, right? You get that with families, yes. Yeah. And yeah. and I think again, I when I say nature versus nurture, there is a lot of learned behavior, absolutely, and learned behavior without spiritual understanding become curses right become there's they there's witchcraft that's just like yep. now 
again, not not to be so extreme on one side, like there is witchcraft. There yeah. are there are people who are out there who are demonic trying to do things. Right. That exists. Spiritual warfare exists. To act as if it doesn't exist is not wisdom either. But continue. Let's let's go down. The, okay. yeah, you got a couple more things. And I will cover that. In fact, what Adam just mentioned is very much what I will explain. Uh, we're on the same page. And so I, I appreciate, you know, the, the interaction between you two, because it, it, to me, it only confirms what I'm trying to get across here. And I'll, and I'll, I'll show you uh, what the second part of, the, of that second commandment means uh, uh, is that is that our creator made us in such a fashion that parents who disobey him are not always punished themselves. Watch this. That's the impression we get. It's our children that are going to suffer from it. That, that's how it's taught. So I have to go back and find out what did my daddy do that I'm paying the price for. Mm-hmm. And that's the way it's normally. Okay. Does not just say we're not in spiritual warfare. That we, indeed we are. I mean, we know that. All right. If, 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 if the listener, if you're listening, if you understand uh, uh, the, the new covenant, we are definitely under spiritual warfare constantly, always. We live in a world that is dominated by the enemy. So, now, um, sometimes the full results of, of, of their sin, the parents, are demonstrated up in the next four generations. That's what God, the Lord is speaking about. You can t- talk to any Jew who knows Torah, and they will tell you that what I'm telling you is true. Watch this. However, if we always remember that God deals with individuals as well as with nations and societies, the fact of which he reminds us, listen, in Ezekiel chapter, the, in the 18th chapter of, of uh, 18th chapter of Ezekiel, excuse me. It is also important, and I'm going to go, I'm going to, I'm going to read it right now. It is also important to note that the generation of curses or punishment that comes from breaking the second commandment watch this, is qualified by those who hate me. We missed that part. Now, I'll tell you why that's important. I'll explain it to you. It is qualified by those who hate me. So if the father hates the Lord and disobeys him, and the child repents and he doesn't hate the Lord, it stops right there. Mm-hmm. Because not everybody, just because the father hates, or the, you know, the, fa- the father's hate does not run over to the son and the daughter. For those who hate me, this means that in the second and third generation, up to four generations, if they repent, if they change the way they think, or they change their behavior and they return their hearts back to God, you, we can see in the word of God that God will change his mind. And you can see that quite constantly, that he changes his mind quite often. He repents. The teaching of generational curses come, in my opinion, from wrong interpretation of Exodus chapter 20, verse 5. And I'll tell you, even Israel, Israel, even Israel, it seems like they misinterpreted the same scripture we're talking about. And so in the book of Ezekiel, the prophet corrects the Jews, the Israelites. It appears that the Lord spoke out, I love this, very clearly, correcting in correction against such a teaching that we have today. Which is the the Israelites did the same thing. Listen, listen to what the what the Lord our God says in Ezekiel chapter eighteen, verses what is it, uh, uh, one through four. Then the Lord, of the, then the word of the Lord came to me, and He was saying, "What do you mean by using the proverb concerning the land of Israel 
saying, oh, the fathers ate the sour grapes, but it's the children's teeth that are set on edge. Uh, the Lord says, I'm going to tell you something. As I live, declares the Lord of God, you are surely not going to use this proverb in Israel, no mas, no more. You need to stop that proverb. Behold, all souls are mine. The soul of the Father as well as the soul of the Son is mine. The soul who sins will die. It's the one that it's an individual situation, mm -hmm. not a generational thing. So God corrects that kind of thinking even to the Jews in the days of Ezekiel. Why are we teaching it today if God corrects it? He says, I don't go for that. I don't go for that proverb. The father sins, the children pays the price. God stopped it. He says, you will stop this. Watch this. They had Jewish proverb, right? I'm mm -hmm. going to explain that a little bit more. The fathers eat sour grapes and the children's teeth are on edge, are, are set on edge. The application of this proverb, I looked it up, by the way, in, in, in uh, um, JewishVirtual.org, um, org. It's, it's is, is that the application of this was that the children are being held responsible uh, for the father's sins. So they all taught that. That's just like we're doing today. The Lord, watch this. The Lord made it clear that he did not like the people saying that the sons will pay a hell accountable for the father's sins. Watch this. Each, he said at the end, would be held responsible for their own sin. Ezekiel chapter 18. Watch this. This gets really good. Verses 19 and 20. Yet, the Lord is speaking, why should the son bear the punishment for the father's iniquity? When the son has practical justice, practiced justice and righteousness and has absurd off my statutes and has done, shall, he, I'm telling you, shall surely live. The person who sins will die. The son will not bear the punishment for the father's iniquity. This is God speaking. Unless you don't accept the old covenant. Well, I say we do. We should get the full counsel. Nor will the father bear the punishment for the son's iniquity. Mm -hmm. The righteousness of the righteous will be upon him and himself. And the wickedness of the wicked one will be on him himself. That's, okay. good. That's good stuff. Having said this, okay, in some sense, this is the reality. Am I am I too excited? Should I slow down a little bit here? No? Uh, you're fine. Okay, I think you're okay. Uh, <laughs> this is what you guys were talking about. Behavior begets behavior, mm -hmm. and I understand that. Upbringing creates a mindset which repeats in the upbringing. Mm -hmm. But there is a difference between. A cycle and a curse. So I, so I think, again, getting mm -hmm. to the heart of this, if they change the if, uh, deliverance ministries, if they just said we're not delivering generational curses, we're we're delivering you from generationally poor thinking methods. Like, like uh, you haven't read the books I've read, and I'm not going to give you the, the authors. I'll give it to you after the word. But that is exactly what they say. 
They exactly will tell you that this gener generation of curses they must break because your daddy was a Mason or was whatever. Yeah, I know the Masonic is big in my family right. background, and okay. I've, I've I've had that experience as well. So my my question would then be uh -huh. if if the verbiage change from I'm delivering you from generational curse yeah. versus <clears throat> there is a thought pattern in your life, yeah, whether learned, I agree, experienced. Whatever that thought pattern, we need to break the thought pattern. Literally, the tw Romans 12, too. Renew your mind. Sure. Replace what you think you... I love it. Yeah. W that would be, in your mind, that would be scripturally accurate. Mm -hmm. But when we start saying it's the curses ver verbiage, it seems to be... It's like I mentioned earlier. It's, it's the terminology. Okay. That throws the... Because when you use the wrong terminology, now you're using scripture as it was legit to call it just that. It, it also really makes the sin sound greater and more powerful than it is. You're putting and, on a platform, that's for sure. Yeah. You're giving it a special, sure. a special place when you're saying you suffer from this unique generational sin. Right. It's not just your bad decisions. It's some grandiose mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. level of sin that you're just incapable of escaping. Right. Without, you know... And, I, and so... I've seen good and bad sides of deliverance ministries. I can honestly say I know people that are that do some deliverance ministry. Yeah. And they approach it from a very healthy perspective. Right. I've never seen, and again, I'm also very church inexperienced in terms of like those kind of things. Like I'll be the first to admit I'm not, I've never been to a conference where people are puking. Yeah. Um, although, you know, so I, I can't, I have no, and I've not read a lot of literature about inner healing or deliverance right. because. Right. It's not really been on my radar for the most part. However, I, I think it's interesting to say, to go about it from a New Testament perspective, saying you don't see that. It's true. I, you've, I've read the New Testament and I've never seen them talk about it. Mm -hmm. I've definitely read the Old Testament and I've definitely seen them like where you get that almost corporate punishment for sin. Sure. You know, you're like, hey, as a collective. Yeah, the nation's in trouble. The, exactly. Like, <laughs> like, the, like you get a corporate right. punishment. Would you call that generational? No, I, I would call that corporate. Like, mm -hmm. like the nation mm -hmm. is sinning. Um, it's not like the nation's, you know, kids and grandkids, and everything else. So what we need to do here is part of penning this. We're right at our, our allotted time. Mm -hmm. um, let's circle back and because there's some ideas and thoughts I had about this that goes into what you're talking about. That would be a fun. There's no way we can get it accomplished in this one episode. So we're going to come back. And bring some more of this conversation. I hope you're enjoying it. We're enjoying it. Um, that's all that really matters because we make this for no one else but ourselves. So. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Listeners, yeah. I'm sorry. This is all for us. This is our own. I listen to these all the time. So we will come back and we will do one of these again in a moment. So yeah, you all guys right. want to come back? Yes, absolutely. Can I, can I brand? Yes, please. What's up, church? That was good. Yeah, really what's that up, good. church? That was nice. That was nice. <laughs> that was good. Do you know how to do the intro or the exit? No. You don't know how to do the exit? No. You know how to do the exit? No, I mean... I don't know what you mean by the exit. How I always end every episode now. No, no. No? No, oh, they apparently don't listen all the way to the end. That's... I do, but... Well, first and foremost, we give a big, huge shout-out to Diffmix, diffmix.com for putting this together. Uh, I always like to recognize them. If you guys see them, again, buy them a smoothie, uh, whatever they need. And then we will talk to you guys soon, okay? Bye! <laughs> you have been listening to What's Up Church Podcast. Just know you are cooler than all your friends that didn't. <laughs>